0: Start in Sudan, where the family of an 85-year-old UK national has told a BBC News Arabic investigation that his disabled wife died of starvation after the British embassy there left the couple to fend for themselves during the recent fighting. Despite repeated calls for assistance, Abdullah Shlagami and Alawar Rishwan were offered no help in leaving their home, which itself is just yards from the embassy in the capital Khartoum. The Foreign Office said that the situation there had been too dangerous. Noal Amagafi reports.
1: A race against time. As fighting in Sudan intensified, thousands of dual nationals were desperate to escape. Amongst them, Azhar's grandparents, Abdullah Shulgami, a British citizen and a London hotel owner, and his wife, Alawiya Rashwan. They were next to the military HQ. They were in the centre of Khartoum. That area, you can't leave, you can't enter. There's snipers everywhere in that area. They were trapped here in their home opposite the British Embassy, and thousands of miles away, as her and her family were desperate to save her grandparents. We contacted the British ambassador, Giles Lever. We contacted FCDO. We contacted the Turkish Embassy when the British Embassy was not reciprocative, had no interest. Unable to get help from the British Embassy, they were running out of supplies. The Sudan. The Sudan. Her grandfather left her disabled grandmother to try and find help. Five minutes into his journey, he got shot. Three bullets, his hand, chest, lower back. Then we lost touch because no electricity, and then uh, we didn't have a way to call them. Her grandfather now was in search of medical care. But hospitals and doctors had been targeted. At the start of the conflict, there were 88 hospitals operating around Khartoum. By the 20th of May, more than 60 had closed their doors. The city was running dangerously low on medical supplies, food and water. Azhar didn't hear from her grandparents for five days. And then she received this call from the Turkish embassy. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you went inside and your grandmother passed away. I'm so sorry, that's so heartbreaking. It just breaks my heart to think that she died alone. And she died because she was alone. And she's still alone to this very moment. As Azhar's grandfather made his own way home to the UK. Three weeks on, and they are desperate to bury her grandmother, her remains still in the house. A family desperate for some peace after a painful ordeal. Nawal el makhafi BBC News.
0: The story there of a family who claimed they were abandoned in Sudan. Well, in response, the UK Foreign Officer said the following. The ongoing military conflict means Sudan remains dangerous. The UK is taking a leading role in diplomatic efforts to secure peace in Sudan. Well, for more on this, let's speak to Dr. Nick Westcott, who is a professor at SOAS University of London and director of the Royal African Society. Dr. Westcott, thank you so much for joining us here on BBC News. This, obviously, is a truly traumatic story for the family involved. But it strikes me that this must be just one story of of countless in Sudan, and that this situation is surely being replicated across the capital Khartoum and and, and the wider country.
2: You're absolutely right. Most uh, Sudanese don't have dual citizenship, and we don't get to hear their story. But the suffering civilians are going through, especially in Khartoum, but also more widely across the country, is really terrible both sides seem to regard civilians simply as collateral damage to the fight between themselves. And I'm sure this story could be repeated many times. I've heard other stories of those trying to escape, uh, who've been held up, bribed, uh, even molested on their way out of the country. But just because they feel it's so unsafe to stay, there are now well over 200,000 people who have fled the country, um, to try and escape as well as, Another 800,000, at least, internally displaced. The civilians are just trying to get out of the way uh, and avoid being killed.
0: We heard in that report from Nawal Amakafi that there were 88 hospitals before the fighting began in the capital Khartoum. Maybe more than 60 now have closed their doors. Many of them have been targeted. Like you say, people have fled the country. And you, you referenced there that both warring sides pay little regard for civilians. Who is looking after civilians in the country, if anyone at all? Yeah, both UNHCR and WHO,
2: the UN agencies, are trying to get humanitarian aid in. They've succeeded in getting some in. But it's basically a war zone, despite all the ceasefires that have been declared Everyone has been broken and uh, it's extremely dangerous uh, to try and get anyone in there. And the the British embassy, I know, uh, evacuated their own staff. Um, They have an obligation to help British citizens, but they have a duty of care to their own staff as well. And all the normal routes that you would use for evacuating um, both staff and people have been closed off. Uh, The international airport was closed, is still closed. And the one uh, air base that had been used to evacuate some people by flying in your own troops to protect it, that is now uh, contested between the two sides and no further evacuations are possible. So UN agencies are doing their best. Martin Griffiths at the UN has, has continued to urge both sides to respect humanitarian ceasefires. But up to now, they're still continuing to fight it out.
0: So on that basis, then, what is your assessment of the prospects with regards to the humanitarian situation, a situation that's only set to get worse, certainly in the short term? In the
2: short term, yes. I mean, the economy has broken down, as we could see. Uh, uh, this couple, they went out to try and get supplies. Supplies can't be safely procured. Shops have run out of supplies. And hospitals, as you say, have uh, closed their doors because they simply cannot operate. There's no power. There's no medicines. Uh, people can't get there safely. So it, it is a truly horrific uh, experience for many Sudanese who have not been able to get out. And uh, so far... The diplomatic efforts have been um, reinforced. There have been some talks in Jeddah, but uh, for now, it seems neither side is willing to concede anything and continues to jostle for power. But neither side has been able to get the upper hand. So we're looking at a stalemate. And it's just a question of how long civilians will have to suffer under this military stalemate before the two sides agree they have to talk.
0: Well, we'll follow the situation closely here on BBC News. For the moment, though, Dr Nick Westcott, Professor at SOAS University of London. Thank you.